Welcome back to Challenges of Faith Radio Program. I'm Gary McCann. Thank you for joining. I'd like to acknowledge our our God, our loving and merciful and grateful God. And our listeners, my guest tonight is author Byron Demery. Brother Byron, welcome to Challenges of Faith Radio Program. Thank you, Gary. I appreciate the opportunity, and thanks for having me on. Oh, it's an honor having you on. First and foremost, how are you and your family? Uh, we're we're blessed. We're great. Um, kicking off the new year with a with a positive attitude, and so far that attitude is is remained positive here. So no complaints at all. Very blessed. All right, one hundred percent chance of sunshine. All right, Byron. What were your aspirations while you were growing up, Gary? To be honest with you, I always had aspirations and some type of leaning to um, some type of Office and politics, that's something that, that drew me probably middle school. Uh, before then, maybe being a doctor, but growing up, those would probably be the two things I saw myself doing as a young kid. Yeah, sound like uh, just wanting to be of help to people, be of help to the people. Why did you pursue your B.A. in political science and economics and master of public administration degrees? Well, the political science piggybacks on the previous question you just asked me, uh, knowing about um, the political arena. Um, and, and when I originally went to undergrad school, I was kind of undecided on what I wanted to major in. Um, that was something that always attracted me, so I chose that as my undergraduate major. And uh, when I had a chance to go to graduate school, didn't really see anything else that I thought would be the most fitting for me at the time, so I decided to go into uh, public administration and pursue my master's in that particular field. All right. All right, so, Brother Byron, why did you form Standing in the Gap Publishing LTD and its purposes? Now, before you answer the question, listeners, now you heard the second and third question that I asked our beloved brother. Now we're heading on to his sojourn. And that may be your own sojourn here in 2024. So you didn't tune in by accident. So here we go. All right, my brother, why did you form Standing in the Gap Publishing's LTD and its purposes? Well, I wanted to have a a voice that was an independent voice uh, before I began to uh, really get into writing my my first book, Forming a Strong Foundation for Your Life. I did some research on publishing and, and found out that anybody could write and publish a book. You didn't have to be necessarily a person that had a certain acclaim, a certain notoriety, a certain type of um, fame or acknowledgement. So 
I looked into that and, and I titled the company just wanting to provide, like you said, valuable input to those that would read my material to try to fill gaps and be able to write about things that may not be talked about or people I thought needed to hear. So that was the reason why I formed the company uh, the way that I did over 10 years ago now. You know, what's interesting, again, if we go back to your foundation uh, as relates to the aspirations and then from the political standpoint and then looking at how you pursued your degrees in that particular area at the same time, it all, again, when you talk about the a company that all again comes back to being a voice and trying to ensure that others understand that they have a voice and for them to take a stand as relates to sharing from within that which they need to, just like you indicated as relates to uh, the publishing part, is that anybody be all they need to be for such a time as now. But you also indicated as relates to your first book. So speaking of forming a strong foundation for your life, why did you write it? Well, initially, um, I was working with a group of pastors in um, the Huff neighborhood here in Cleveland. We were starting a pilot mentoring program at one of the local high schools here uh, for incoming freshmen um, that were identified by the school as needing uh, guidance and support at the time. I want to say meeting about maybe 10 other pastors or so started the pilot mentoring program, um, had some successes out of the program, but due to unforeseen circumstances, we were not allowed to continue the program for the second year. Uh, really had me down and a little frustrated and upset because I thought it was something that we could have continued to build on and, and try to bring greater influence to the school. So I thought to myself, could I do personally on my own independently to still reach uh, young people and the idea popped in my mind to write my first title, Forming a Strong Foundation for Your Life. And then from there, I've seen that you've already asked about uh, forming a publishing company, things of that nature. So it started from a, a mentoring program, um, not being able to continue that particular program, but still wanted to provide supplemental resources in the area of mentoring to young people. You know, only God can instill inside an individual the desire to help and uplift the people. And here we're talking about mentoring. We're talking about upbuilding. We're not talking about upbuilding somebody's ego, E-G-O, but upbuilding them from the inside out. Again, following along the same sojourn that you've been doing as relates to being of help to individuals. Why was it important for you to write seven simple tips to loving your wife and how will it help young men in their dating and married life your second book i um went through my own difficulties in my marriage um i got married very young initially to my wife and um didn't do neither one of us did what we should have done properly to prepare for that type of commitment and it is a commitment it is a sacred relationship I truly believe that for marriage, the way that God instituted it. And um, I was fortunate enough in, in through the Lord working on me and changing my heart and my mind about a lot of different things. Um, I was able to rekindle and, and remarry my wife, and we are still together today uh, working on our relationship. And 
I just thought what I could put out there as I was beginning to um, look to build my brand and, and I just don't want to be known just for writing books, which is fine. I think I'm a, I'm a decent author. I think if you were to check out my two books that I've published, that you would think the material is, is very solid and great, but I wanted to continue to brand myself as Byron Demi as an individual, as a person. And one of the things that I wanted to definitely put out there is, is as men, um, marriage is sacred. It is important. It is a true commitment. And I wanted to put those tips out there um, for the man out there, and not just for the man, Gary, for myself to continue to review them and, and say, hey, these are little small things, little things you can do to try to keep your relationship in good standing or to try to do things to to keep your relationship on, on a solid foundation and thinking of your wife and not only thinking of her and what she may need, what you need to do as a man to replenish yourself daily, you know, for the commitment of marriage, along with everything else you may be facing in life right now. Praise God. And I'm in total uh, agreement. The, um, a lot of times we men, and again, you didn't you didn't say uh, a particular skin tone. You didn't say a title, a zip code. You said we men, irrespective of where we happen to be around the globe. And that's very important because we must start with ourselves. And just like you honestly shared, uh, you didn't have to share it with me or anybody else, but just like you honestly shared as it relates to you and your beloved wife, how you started off, I can identify uh, how you started off and recognizing that irrespective of what surrounded you, uh, the failures, but uh, getting back up and at the same time, uh, how God used your wife's heart to be receptive and, and, and like-minded so that you two come exactly what God would have you to. But at the same time, you recognize that uh, we men need to hear how we should, ought, must be, because we represent uh, not so much ourselves, which is a part of it, but our home, which, as you know, affects the uh, the community, the place of worship, the, the city, and, and so forth. And so uh, I praise God because, again, uh, whether it's a one male by one male understanding, but at least he's using you and others to be in the position to take that stand. And just like you're really talking about, as you indicated, as it relates to uh, individuals, uh, people reading your book, what you're saying is that you want your lips to match your shoes. And so, therefore, that's what's important so that the individual who is watching you in a correlation of reading about you will understand that they need to take a mirror to look at self at the same time. Would that be safe to say? Yes, I mean, the, the Bible speaks of, of course, um, being a, not just a hearer, but a doer of the word. Um, I know that's that's really where, you know, really where, you, as a Christian, if you are going to follow Jesus Christ, that's where the rubber meets the road. Um, I myself, I mean, I've, I've had struggles and still in working with the Holy Spirit and what I need to do for my own personal development. I'll be the first person to tell you on this podcast that I'm a work in progress. Um, but I'm excited in what the Lord is is revealing to me and the opportunity of, of being used by him to, to give him glory, not to give me glory, but to give him glory and to be used for his purpose while on this earth. Praise God. The um, 
schedule permit, we'll in, invite you back. Uh, there's a uh, a brother, um, Reverend uh, Robert Kelly, and I, and in probably a few weeks, we're going to come back on, and and though the foundation will be from his book as relates to strong men, but we'll be talking about that, and we'd love uh, for you to uh, be involved to share exactly what we're talking about today. One of the things I had asked God while setting out on the missionaries to journey is to let me, as our Savior did, our Savior started with his own community. So I, I asked God to to let me be used by him to reach men, same as what you're talking about, to reach men to be in a position to say, hey, listen, you, you might want to turn to your left versus your right. You know, but again, under the power of the Holy Spirit of God and not ourselves, because like, you know, we don't have any power. And we recognize that there's a spiritual enemy and correlating with a two-leg enemy that that's going to be out there to try to convince somebody to go the opposite way. So, Brother Byron, now to your latest book. And as you just so indicated as a, a person in progress, but it's titled An Involved Professing Christian Man. My experience of failures, trials, faith, victories, and love. That's a powerful title. Why did you write it? time I was um, divorced or separated from my wife, and I was uh, at home. And, and, yeah, I wanted to write a second book. I just didn't know what to particularly write about. Um, and that was one of the reasons going back into forming the publishing company independently. A lot of times when you're working with another publishing company, um, not to say that it's, it's a bad thing. I think it's a good thing, but I wanted to have independence in what I put out there as far as my material. And I was at home one day, and I was going through the experiences that I, I write about and disclose in the book, and I felt the Holy Spirit telling me, say, hey, you have a book right here, which you've been living the past, you know, year and a half, two mm-hmm. years, to write about this experience. And, Due to the experiences being still fresh in my mind and what what happened and being able to recall the details, it was very easy for me to recall a lot of what happened over that time. And um, that led me to begin writing the second title that you just mentioned. Hey, just like you just so eloquently said as relates to, and again, you've been saying it as relates to the independent part of it. And, What's interesting is that you're taking the the, uh, the glean knowledge that, that you've been blessed with and on top of the practical experiences because who best can tell your story as well as to a relational standpoint. And then, again, for all of us, whether we men, women, whatever the case may be, the importance of yielding to the Holy Spirit of God when he instructs us to do something because, again, you don't know whose life you're going to impact. How have you evolved as a man who is a Christian, and how have you evolved as a Christian? I I believe and truly believe that I have a lot more empathy um, than I used to have. Years ago when I was married to my wife the first time, um, you know, I would typically get upset about things, and I wouldn't always see things from her perspective or take her feelings or her emotions into account about things that we may have had disagreement with. During that time of separation, the Lord really spoke to me about that, to look at things from her perspective 
to look at things and, and have a, a more tender heart, a more softening heart as far as my perspective and, and just my view just wasn't the in all and, and the true all view of everything, but I needed to look at things from other people's. I think a lot of times when you're looking to help and service people, you have to have that empathy aspect to it to be less judgmental, um, to be more understanding, more sensitive about that individual's background, what they may have previously dealt with, their experiences, and how those different things may impact decisions that they make and actions that they do. Um, that was one of the things that, that he really talked to me about. And this space, man, I was a gentleman going down the road that initially I didn't know how things were going to turn out. Had a lot of fears, a lot of doubts, a lot of question marks. Um, the, the road initially, the first six to 12 months was very hard, very hard for me financially, very hard for me as far as me questioning whether I was sufficient enough as a man, not just a Christian man, as a man in a lot of aspects of my life. But throughout that time period, the Lord continued to stay with not just me and my family. Um, he continued to show me presence in the midst of my situation. Um, time and time again, he, he showed me his presence. And I only felt right and I only felt compelled and I felt the urging to put it out there um, to let people know that I am a Christian man. I'm a professed Christian man. I have no shame about saying that I'm a Christian and I'm a believer of Jesus Christ. I'm looking to develop in me a better follower, disciple of Jesus Christ. So um, those were two things. And, and, now looking at the further involvement of being a disciple, being a doer, not just a hearer of the word, and continuing to develop um, my relationship with the Holy Spirit as I go forward. But there's so many things, Gary, so many things that I had to go through, the experiences that I went through to grow and become the person that I am speaking to you today here on, on the interview. Um, and I wouldn't take that experience back for the world. I know a lot of times to our lives we – we grieve about it. You know, it, it's not something that we look forward to facing. It hurts. Sometimes our pride is hurt, our feelings, emotions. We're broken down physically. We're broken down mentally, spiritually. But I needed that that experience to help me see things differently and help me to continue to move forward in the way that I believe that God wanted me to go. That's right. You know, a lot of times you 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 really use the word that men have um, shied away from, which is called vulnerability or surrender. And what you're really saying is that you had to surrender to God first in order for you to understand what your sojourn has been about as it continued to evolve. And and you correlate that with uh, as a child, you know, that newborn child. Yeah, you and your wife didn't take that child and start trying to give them meat. You gave them some milk. And even though you may want them to grow at your rate, they have to grow at the rate in which they, they are and need to be so that they understand. And a lot of us as men, uh, I, I married as a teenager, a lot of us as men, when you get into the word, as you know, we may not truly understand. We may read it, but we may not understand, especially as it relates to how God brought us together so that we could become one. He didn't. He didn't bring us together so that I could be the head over the person. The other person could be the feet. That that's not what it's about. 
I believe there's no scriptural basis now, but I believe based upon what Eve ate uh, out of the tree, the fruit that uh, gave her probably ladies, women years ahead of men. And so when we talk about pride, we're really talking about, like you just indicated, you had to learn uh, the hard way, but the right way from a growth standpoint, when it's needful to be an ear uh, uh, to your partner who is your wife and to you at the same time. And that's how you continue to grow. But at the same time, like you're indicating, as you grew and are growing, you're learning more about you, your vulnerabilities, and all of that, your strengths, your weaknesses, because that's how you have continued to and will continue in 2004 and onward to be the leader, but most importantly, the man of God that you need to be, ought to be, should be, and must be for the future of your family, your community, this city, your city and the state, as well as the nation. I believe that uh, uh, whether it's politics or whatever, uh, you could tell anybody on the outside that's, that's looking in with spiritual ears and eyes can tell that God is going to use you for such a time as now. Because as you know, when you look around, a lot of men, we men need somebody not to tell us what we want to hear, but what we need to know so that we could be the person that God has called us to be. Listeners, again, you didn't hear Brother Byron say anything about skin tone because God does not recognize that. You hear him talking about as a male, as a man, but as a man who who knows Christ, a man who's not afraid to stand, to take that stand and say that he's a Christ follower. Byron, what are the lessons that a young male babe in Christ should be learning from your sojourn? I think truly that developing a personal relationship with with God is a must. Um, and your prayer life is very important. Um, I believe reading is very important, too. That's something that I've got to do a better job myself, Gary, in just reading and, and being open to understanding that a lot of times, I know we read the Bible, we'll read about well, in Hebrews, the Hall of Fame of Faith, whether it's Moses or Joshua or whoever that we're that we're talking about, Abraham, and we look at these individuals, we say, hey, these individuals right here, you know, they must have been just totally special, and they were special, but they were just men and women just like us. And I believe if your heart is right and you're intentional about seeking the Lord, he can use anybody. You don't have to be... Um, somebody that's necessarily, um, you know, grew up in the church necessarily all your life, or you don't have to fit the typical description that you think you have to to be used by the Lord. He can use anybody who has a willing heart and is willing to follow him and surrender. You said surrender and be vulnerable to the Holy Spirit. I believe he can use anybody if you're willing to do those things and continue to have a desire to seek him and be used by him. Um, that would be my, my answer. And don't be scared. I mean, you just mentioned um, willing to stand for being a Christian. For I know the world in which we live in, um, Christianity is, is constantly being questioned. It's constantly being abused. A lot of things about Jesus, the world does not recognize, does not want to recognize we just got through celebrating the Christmas holiday, and many people will, see, will say happy 
Happy holidays, but they won't say Merry Christmas. They will not acknowledge Jesus Christ and his deity and what he did for the world and himself and going to the cross and dying for the sins of the world. I just believe you have to just be willing to be used and want to be used. you got to want to be used. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that desire comes over time. I didn't have this desire to want to be used. It might have been instilled in me years back, but then you have to share some things, some personal things that you might have to put down or surrender that you decide that you're not going to want to do anymore. You got to mm-hmm. really want to, to truly sell out to the Lord and, and want him to use you. And over time, he begins to continue to mold you. It's not an overnight process. For me, it's mm-hmm. been a process that's still continuing, but I'm enjoying the journey that I'm having so far. Hmm, praise God. You know, I remember <clears throat> I was in Chicago coming out of Moody Bible Institute, and I was at a stop sign. And I remember at that stop sign just asking God to do exactly what you just said, to use me for his glorification. But I also remember in Philippians, and I always encourage individuals, if I don't give a scripture and verses for them to go and uh, look it up for self. But I ask, I use this verse that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and of mm-hmm. his suffering. Boy, mm-hmm. and I'm not calling you a boy, but boy, I tell people, don't pray that prayer. Because, Byron, the journey that God took me on after that, I mean, you talking, that's how Challenges of Faith radio program was formed. You talking about mm-hmm. trials. You talking about you guys in a trial waiting for one to come for one. But this trials were also growthful trials because I remember heading into a city, Atlanta to be exactly, and I remember I would see these cars with fish signs on them and all of that. And at the time, I don't know what it is now, the uh, fish sign emblem indicated that the person identified themselves as a Christian. And I remember uh-huh. I was so excited, and I talked to one of the drivers, and I, and I thought they were brethren of the household of faith. They said, what are you talking about? I said, well, you know, you got this emblem on your car. You're a Christian. They said, listen, man, I'm not a Christian. I just bought this car at a, at a, a used car dealership. And I used uh-huh. that as an example to say that the different individuals I would meet, you know, you're talking about recognizing through the word that the devil has his own children, it has his own pastors, and so all of those various trials and challenges were a basis not to judge, depending on how you find judge to be, but to be more aware and allow God to use you from the standpoint of understanding that a part of being used is the reality that you may not have seen before you ask him to use you, trying to understand and to begin to grow in him so that wherever he wants to use you, you'll be ready because you've had to go through things. And again, like you said earlier, don't look at it as being painful, though it may be, but it's all for your your growth as well. Brother Byron, why do you believe our relationships are important to and with God, I just believe that He is—he is who He is. I believe He's the Creator of of, of the worlds that we see, and um, I want to—I want to encourage the believers. This is something that I have to remind myself. I know many of us are caught up in our everyday lives. You might have a family, you might have a wife and children, and a career, and and you might volunteer. You just might have a a plate that's always busy and full. And 
you know, the world and, and, and this life can have you engulfed in so many things. And a lot of us are in that position, but you have to believe that there is a place after here. And the place after here, even though we don't see it and we read about it, is a place that we can't, in our mind, really fathom. It's a spiritual place. Um, and being there and the rewards there are far greater than what we can imagine being here. And that's my perspective that I'm trying to have now, Gary, is heaven after this place is a place that, that hey, is so glorious and so great that if I can be used here in in the way that God will have me to be used, and when I get to heaven, it's going to be so much more rewarding. Like, this is just, this is not the end for a follower of Jesus Christ. This is not the end. This is just the beginning, and not really even mm-hmm. the beginning when you're looking at it from an eternal perspective. So mm-hmm. I would encourage you that while you're here to be used, And I know it's not easy to say that. I know being used may bring some persecution. It may bring trials. It may be a lot of things, but one thing I want to be to my children as an example, I wrote in the book. My children see me read my Bible. They hear about me praying. And they know that I'm a Christian. I want to be true to that calling, true to that, that label or that tag, if you want to speak. Mm-hmm. And if that means that I have to be not liked because of it or not popular or whatever type of situations I may encounter because of it, I'm willing to do that if it is the right thing and I know it's the right thing to do and the Lord is calling me to do it. And, and if he calls you to do it, he'll give you the means to carry it out. You know, it reminds me um, what you're sharing at the same time totally is uh, there was an older brother in the faith and a younger brother in the faith, not age-wise, but growth-wise. And the mm-hmm. older brother in the faith would, would always, they would go to a, a racetrack and they, they would spend their money and they had the freedom to do it. And a younger brother in Christ would watch them. And so the younger brother in Christ followed them, not paying attention that, that the ultimate effect it was going to have. But they followed them because they believed that the older brother in in Christ emulating what they, what the younger brother in Christ thought was was right. Well, the younger brother in Christ, they they spent all their money, but they lost all their money, and it affected their their relationship with their wife, their family. And so, the lesson for the older brother in Christ was, yeah, you may have a freedom, but hey, who are you affecting? And just like you indicated, as it relates to home, your family, that you are not just a, a talker, you are a doer, because again. You never know who's watching you and whose future that you're impacting because of your actions. Brother Byron, why is vulnerability and love important from and for men in a relationship? Well, I actually believe vulnerability um, is just so powerful. Um, I know as a man, we we're taught to be strong. We are definitely the, the leaders of our household, leaders of our communities. But we face issues just like females do. Um, I know there typically seems to be more support groups for females, you know, with, that are dealing with different situations. And, and ladies, I think sometimes are more easy to share their stories and what they've been through to get that, that support that's needed from 
for for that they may need from each other. I think as men, we we struggle saying that we have an issue with this, we have an issue with that, and being vulnerable, maybe due to embarrassment and not wanting to be perceived a certain way. But your testimony um, is powerful. Your testimony, if somebody knows that you deal with a similar situation that they're going through, that's powerful as a man for you to to stand up in front of other people, especially other men, and say, I, I used to deal with this situation or this mm-hmm. particular situation was a was an issue for me. And when we hear that, we know that anybody um, could be facing anything. Anybody mm-hmm. could be facing anything. And you asked about love. I don't think I truly knew what love meant until I went through the experience that I wrote about in, in the Evolved Professor Christian Man. Um, love as far as unconditional love. Love that God has towards us. I know love is used a lot of times. The word is used kind of cliche sometimes. Um, you say you love somebody. But until you are willing to um, things for that person, even if they may not deserve it, you may have been mistreated and say that I'm going to continue to do things for this person because it's the right thing to do. It's not, it's not conditional. And so much of the world is based on condition these days. True love is not conditional it's unconditional it's doing the right thing because it's the right thing to do and i don't think i really had a really good idea that gary until i went through my experience and that's part of the reason why in my book that i've got the love in the title the subtitle with the the red in it to bring it some some more attention because i truly didn't know even getting married didn't know what love exactly meant until i had to go through that and really take a step back and get a true definition of what love is. And there's nothing wrong with a man loving your wife and loving your children. There's nothing wrong with it. It doesn't mean that you are a, a soft man and you're not a strong man. If you can't show love to your family, then who else would your family get that love from? As a man, you are obligated to love your wife and love your children. Um, that's an obligation, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times I think that we as believers of the household of faith, when we talk about the word of God, truly not understanding that we have a spiritual enemy. And and his job, or his demon's job is to do exactly that, to make sure that, first of all, he attacks you, the individual, and then, working, and then he attacks the lady that's in your life and the children that's in your life. And if he can cause that division, and then all of a sudden, when you're talking about leaving the home or going to your place of worship or on your job or out in the community and so forth, the attack's still going on. So society is playing a role to ensure that you're not who you should be because, again, as you as you so know, if that person does not recognize the God who's created them, then you know they're not going to recognize the God who also created you and, and, and what you're trying to show for. Because what you're showing in shoe leather is exactly what they know they need in their life, but because of pride and everything else will unfortunately allow them to be separated from God from an eternal standpoint, as we've been talking throughout this conversation. Why is it important for men to understand and recognize the importance of leadership and home role modeling starts with self? Well, I, I have two sons, and uh, my son, my one son is a teenager. My other son is just turned 10 a couple months ago. 
and um, have a daughter as well that just turned 17 earlier this month, and she's going to one day begin dating some young man seriously. I want her to know what to look for in that in that young man, that gentleman. And for my son, what it means to be a man, to, to the responsibility of it, what to look for and what you should be doing in dating a young lady, I believe all those things come from what the kids see at home. And I really don't want to be an individual that, that tries to instill for my kids to to do what God has called them to do and, and live their purpose and follow God, and I'm not doing that myself. Um, and they're at the ages now where they, Gary, they can call call me out on things. You know, mm-hmm. they they have their own observations. They're not young kids anymore. They don't don't have any understanding of the world or what's going on around them. So they they call me out and they might question me about these things or question me about that and and ask mm-hmm. the Lord at the same time using them to to make me see things the way that he mm-hmm. may want me to see them. Mm-hmm. Um, so your children really are your reflection. They're, they're watching you, whether you think they're watching you. I would tell any parent that, any parent that is dealing with a difficult situation with a with a child and with their children, and you feel like you've talked to them and they may be bothering you, and you don't think that they may be listening to you. They are. They may not be changing in, in, in modifying behavior as quickly as you may want. Just pray and be patient about it. My son was talking to me the other day, and he recited something I said to him a couple of weeks back. I didn't think, yeah, I, I knew he would have listened to me. I thought he was listening to me. But he recited what I said word for word back to me, Gary. And I mean, I kid you not. I kid you not, Gary, word for word what I said to him. He's 13. And they do listen. It's kind of like you just, you plant the seed. Okay, you you can't determine when everything is going to grow, but you continue to water it. You continue to, to do what you can to plant it. You know, That's make the right. soil firm because they'll they'll get it. They may not get it in the time frame that you want, but you continue to to positively encourage them, to show them love, show them support, um, give them proper discipline, and they'll respect you for it, and they'll they'll get it. And that's that's mm-hmm. an encouraging word for parents out there that may be dealing with children. I know, especially teenagers, sometimes are not the easiest with all the different changes mm-hmm. they have going on, becoming teenagers and growing up in this in this life, but parents continue to do the right thing, continue to mm-hmm. parent the children, continue to show them love and support, and, and the necessary discipline is needed. They'll respect you more for it, and I'm telling you, they are listening to you whether you think they are listening to you or not. Mm-hmm. How can listeners purchase your books and send invitations to you? Um, both my books um, on Amazon right now, I believe Forming a Strong Foundation is just on the ebook version. Um, Evolved Professional Christian Man is available, um, paperback and ebook. Um, if you would like to send further inquiries, you can email me directly. My email address is B as in boy. My last name, Demery, that's D E M E R Y. The digits five zero at hotmail.com. All right, and listeners, you can also find additional information on Brother Byron in our show notes. Brother Byron, you also mentored and is a coach. What is the My Mentor, My Friend program? 
that was a program that I was working with here um, in Cleveland, and that was the, the program that we could not continue there at, at the local high school. But that was that program was 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 titled and called Gary. So mm-hmm. I'm not currently doing that right now. But that was the initial program that I taught at the mm-hmm. beginning of the interview. All right. You know, and wow, some it's um, well, just like like you indicated, it may have been discontinued, but it did not discontinue you from being a mentor. And just like you shared, whether it's the individuals in your community, but the most greatest are those within your household. And I I love what you were saying as it relates to whether it be your sons or your daughter, because a lot of times, uh, like we know, men know men and ladies know ladies. And so as a result, you're trying to make sure as it relates to your beloved daughter that, hey, uh, you know, your dad is a man. And so let me tell you all the tricks and trades that guys are going to do. But at the same time, they may not want to hear, but you're trying to look out for their welfare. And it'd be the same thing your wife telling telling the sons, hey, let me tell you about this ladies out there because I'm a woman and women know women. And so, therefore, that's a part of mentoring. And, again, you're starting at home. Brother Byron, what final words do you have for the listeners? I listened to the song that was played um, before the interview again, that, that we are nothing without mm-hmm. him. Um that is something that I'm I'm really trying to home in on, Gary, this year, further surrendering, furthering just the Lord leading me and guiding me, that I'm nothing but have that I'm totally dependent on him. That he is a guy that is big enough and powerful enough and nothing fades to him. Everything that, that you encounter and everything that he wants you to do, he's already got it laid out in plan. Um and he's blessed a lot of us with different talents and different skills. And and I know a lot of us have gone on and done things um, personally. We graduated from college. We've got a certain degree. We are, you know, we're doing this and doing that. If we've had accomplishments in life, which are all great, but at the same time, he does not want you to lose the dependence on him. Mm-hmm. He wants to be the focal point in what you do. He wants to be included in what you do. Decisions ways that you should go. Um, I, I know that I've made mistakes in the past, and I still make mistakes leaning on my own understanding and not acknowledging him to direct my path. So that is something that I'm definitely encouraging you to do as, as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, um, develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit, have the Spirit lead and guide you, mm-hmm. that he give you discernment. Um and pray that he would use you in the way that he would have you to be used. Um, and just just have a desire to be used, Gary. Like I said, this this earth is temporary. Mm-hmm. I know we don't always look at it like that. We've got everyday things going on, and it seems like that we're going to be here for forever. But everybody knows that, that this too shall pass away. We're all going to die. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have had a lot of loved ones that have passed away the past three or four years. I think death has become a more realistic situation for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Better than Christian, there's no need to fear death. That's right. No need to fear death. And um, mm-hmm. just draw closer to him. He has everything that you need in faith mm-hmm. and in confidence. Have a desire to draw close to him. That would be my biggest point and my last point that I would make as we conclude the interview here. Mm-hmm. You know, <clears throat> one of my prayers, 
2024 and onward is that God allowed me to come in contact with individuals such as yourself so that whatever he wants to do with all of us, whether singular or together, for such a time as now, that we do so, especially in our community, because that's important based upon all that you just shared. And I just want to take a moment and thank you again for taking the time out of your schedule to, to come on and share your faith, your sojourn, your books, and just being the person that you are, just trying to grow in him as I am, as we will continue to do, not only here on earth, but when he calls our name. And again, I extend the invitation to and for you to come back. And whether it's just to have a dialogue about what's going on so that whatever God would have us to say to whomever is listening, that it may be said for his glorification. Amen. I would definitely look forward to coming back. And like I said, thank you for the opportunity and and how the Lord is using you to build the platform and reach other people and point them in the direction of Jesus Christ. Thank you, my brother. Make sure you have a continued blessed day in the Lord. You do the same, Gary. God bless. Thank you, sir. your burdens, brought your pain, but I have a message for you today, that when you leave here, won't be the into your position Look at you there's been no change in your condition Reach out and touch the master's road There's healing for your mind Oh, your body and Hallelujah. God can heal. And he can mend the broken. But with every test and every trial, 
somebody praise him. I believe there's healing in the room right now. Come on, God is healing some relationships tonight.